This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Welcome to the CBS Eye on Money show. It's Tuesday, May 31st. And for many of you, you're coming off a long weekend. For others, you worked right through the weekend. I hope you took some time off. Mark, it's so important to take some time off. And so this is the first show that we're talking to Mark since he's a married man. Mark, how has this changed your life? I have a ring on my finger. That's about it so far. So you mean the big difference is the ring? And how does a ring feel? Have you have you ever worn jewelry? No, no, no. So, um, yeah, I'm still getting used to it. You're going to start futzing with it now. I can tell you're the kind. Yeah, you're you're a fidgeter a little bit. You didn't send me a picture of it. What color is it? Is it silver? Is it black? Is it gold? What do you got? Platinum metal, silver. Of course, it's platinum. That's so obvious. Um, Mark, last week, while you were very busy going and getting married, I went on CBS Mornings to talk about the housing affordability crisis. It's insane. We hear from folks all the time on this pod and on our other shows just how difficult it is. Um, I think that we've been talking about the the housing market, the purchase market for a long time. We haven't spent that much time on rent. Just a few stats for you to take this in before I actually replay the segment that we aired last week. Get this, Mark. As of April... Rents for studios, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, jumped 16.7% from the year before. Sounds bad, right? It is bad. But remember that if we incorporate the COVID years, it's not quite as bad. So if I look at, say, right before COVID, February 20, right, to February of 22, rents nationally up 6%. That's not so bad because inflation ran at 10% over that two-year period. And if you look at the five-year numbers, it's even like a a smaller differential, meaning that rent's up 18% over the last five years, 16% inflation. So usually rent kind of jibes with inflation over the longer term. That's what usually happens. But look, rent is soaring and home prices continue to rise. They're up by 32 and. 33% or so over the past couple of years. So we've been trying to get this segment on the air for a while, but there's been so much crazy breaking news. I'm glad we got this on. This is a housing affordability crisis segment, and the anchors are Gail King, Dana Jacobson, and Michelle Miller. And on the other side of this, Mark and I will talk. So here is the segment from CBS Mornings. (laughs) 
In today's Money Watch, we're talking about the massive spike in rents and home prices across the country. And anyone who's looked to move in the past several months knows exactly what we're talking about. As of April, the average cost of rent has jumped more than 16 percent from the same time last year. And the price of homes has increased more than 34 percent over the past two years. We brought in CBS business analyst Jill Schlesinger to give us some advice on how to handle these situations. It is not pretty. What What's going on here? I mean, this harkens back to like 2005, six, right before something else happened. You know, a lot of people have been asking me about this very question. Like, wow, if prices are up almost 35 percent in two years, is this actually a housing bubble? Could we see something horrible happen? Things are different. Um, so the good news is that banks haven't gone crazy lending to anybody with a heartbeat. And a lot of people are actually putting more money down act- to get a home because there have been these bidding wars. So it is daunting and it's tough. But I think from a housing bubble burst perspective, we're probably not looking at that. But I think price increases are going to slow down. And I do think there are some markets that might even see declines in the near term. But why are they going up in the yeah, first place? Why they, yeah. So, you know, it is a supply and demand issue, right? So we know that coming into COVID, there weren't a lot of homes for sale. And this is actually an echo of the 2008-2009 crash because all these builders put homes up and they got killed. They really needed to build more homes, but there was no financing. Mm -hmm. So we come in short of homes. COVID hits and what happens? Boom, everybody says, get me out of my small space. I'm working from home and they drive prices up. So it's been a supply and demand problem. It seems everything is blamed on COVID. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's COVID, but say your lease is coming up and you're up for renewal, what are your options? Well, I think this is an important moment because when we talk about housing, that's one part of the, the of the economy, but renting is a lot of people and a lot of people can't afford to buy a home. And they are facing these near 17% increases wow. from a year ago. Now let's put that in context for a second because there's actually a weird COVID part of this too. During COVID, oh. rents went down. Yeah. You can, yeah. And so now, huge deals. Right. Yeah. And so that now a lot of landlords say to me, hey, I've got to catch up. Like I had two years where I couldn't get this. So let's say your lease is coming up. First thing you actually want to do, go to your landlord, say, I love it here. I want to stay here. I am a good payer. I'm so great. Okay, let's just say the landlord's like, well, too bad. Too bad. Yes. So that now you start to say, well, can I lock in a longer period of time for my lease instead of one year, maybe two years? Could you delay the increase maybe till later in the year? Maybe you're going to get some more money. Hmm. Maybe you can get some appliances. Are they in. open to that? They, You know, a lot of them are, especially a lot of the smaller landlords, because they don't want to see turnover. Before you tell your landlord to, like, beat it with that. Remember, it's expensive to move. Mm. So I would be very careful. Even when you're buying, Jill, that idea of moving now or wait and you play this game. I have friends who are doing it right now. What's the advice? Do you wait? Do you stay? There's a really weird moment where we're in right now because not only are prices high, but we also know mortgage rates have increased dramatically. So we were below 3% for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. We're now above 5%. That's made the cost of ownership much higher by more than about 6300 for the median household in the median home. So that's a lot. So here's the deal. If you're going to buy, you still have to run the numbers. You're not off the hook. 
If you can afford higher mortgage rates, sure, you can make this work. I think that most people are dissuaded just because there aren't so many homes for sale. And it's just a bummer. You're going to spend your whole summer going to open houses over and over. I know it's tough. But again, look at that rent, because one of the adverse effects of inflation is rents can go up even more. So your fixed cost of housing is different than your variable cost for a rent. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you're talking about interest rates. I remember when 5% was a deal. And now <laughs> yes. we're talking about. Mm. But I mean, at some point with interest rates rising, do you see a cap? Well, we are actually seeing a slowdown in housing activity. We got all this new data out in the last week on housing market uh, numbers for existing and new homes. And definitely activity is slowing down, mortgage applications slowing down. But you're right. I mean, for a lot of households, 5% isn't so bad. And also, we know a lot of people who already own homes and they're trading, maybe they're trading up. They're putting a lot of money down. They have got a lot of equity in their homes. And when they make the move, they may not need such large mortgages. So that's, that's a good thing. Uh, One last bit here. When you think about mortgages, remember in the bad old days when we were doing the housing crisis, we talked about adjustable rate mortgages, Mm -hmm. interest. Well, Mm -hmm. they're coming back. Are they? And because people are really freaking out that prices are up and I can't afford these fixed rates. I would be careful because remember, what is the lesson of the housing crisis of the 2000s? You don't get into a mortgage that you cannot afford over the long term. And those things can jump on you. So just be careful out there and maybe relax. Have a good summer. I remember when I went to go buy my first house, I thought if you have the mortgage payment, you're good. And then they Uh, said, well, you have to have a deposit. I go, well, where am I supposed to get that? (laughs) And they said, oh, you're not supposed to have that? Yeah, exactly. Insurance and all the other things. Do you have a mother and a father, (laughs) ma'am? Exactly. Thank you, Jill. Thank you. Okay, so Mark, it just so happens that a zillion people contact us all the time about the idea of buying and renting, and all of this is so tough. So we thought it might make sense for us to give you a real life example of how you start thinking about the housing affordability crisis. So, Mark, who are we talking to right now? Uh, we have a young couple from the suburbs of New York City, Lois and Clark. Ha ha ha. Uh, you mean that's not their real names. I get it. Okay. So we'll, we're going to talk to Lois and Clark right now about their housing choices. If you have a housing choice that you're ready to make, just give us a shout. Go to JillOnMoney.com. Click the contact us button. Okay. Here is the conversation Mark and I had with Lois and Clark about housing. Welcome to the program, Lois and Clark. How are you guys? We're doing well. All right. Well, so how can we help you guys out? What's going on? Um, we wanted to know if it's we could afford a house in Westchester County and with making what we pet we we make. First of all, you guys are married? Yes. Do you have kids? Yes, one kid is three year old. Okay. And how old are you guys? I am thirty seven. Yeah, and I'm thirty eight. Okay. Do you think you'll have more kids, by the way? Yes, that's actually one of the question, questions we have. Should we, how to do that? I can't give no. you that instruction. This is a family show. I can't get no, no, involved no. in that. But no, um, if we could, yeah. yeah, we were wondering if if we could afford a um, a house if we should stay where we are. Mm-hmm. If we can afford another child if we buy a house. Oh, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, whatever. You have another kid if you want to have another kid. Don't worry. Don't worry. You'll figure it out. What are you doing now? You're renting. No, we have a co-op. Okay, what's the co-op worth? It I can probably sell it quickly or for 150. And you have a mortgage outstanding on it? Um yes, but I can pay that off today if needed. How much is the mortgage that's left on it? 
Less than three thousand. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> you really can pay that off. <laughs> um, okay, um, if you had to stay in that co-op, could you have another child in that co-op, or would it be like, oh my god, this is so tight? Till relatively like a week ago, my husband was calling this the nightmare scenario. But right now, we're trying to do a positive outlook, so we're calling it Plan S for safety. Okay, I uh, like it. I could. I, I would be stretching my abilities to make this co-op work but probably if we all squeeze in and be cozy we should clarify we we currently live in a one bedroom 950 square foot apartment all right okay so we're less than a thousand square feet so we're taking a big deep breath on that um okay i like a plan s for safety i like that um how much do you guys earn together um gross before taxes 135 134 total Okay, 134. And are you putting money into retirement plans on that 134? We're currently contributing, I have the numbers here, a um, total of, of almost $1,300 into 401k and Roth. And that, that's not including our, our son's uh, 529 plan. How much are you putting into the 529 $100 plan? $100 a month. So you guys are saving $1,400 a month. Yeah. No, oh. that's just in retirement parts. We also had a much about a thousand dollars a month in savings. So wait a second, thirteen hundred dollars a month in four hundred one k and Roth, a hundred dollars a month in a five twenty nine, and a thousand dollars a month about in saving. Like that's like a like long term, medium term savings. Yeah, that's great. Say goodbye to performance robbing engine deposits with Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Hate to break it to you, but lower-grade fuel can leave deposits in your engine that build up over time and leave your engine's performance severely lacking. Thankfully, Shell V-Power Nitro Plus removes up to 100% of performance-robbing deposits with continuous use in gasoline direct-injection engine fuel injectors. Download the Shell app today to find your nearest Shell station and rejuvenate your engine with Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Fuel up at Shell. So how much money do you have right now in pre-tax 401k? I called you about two years ago, and I converted a lot of my pre-tax to post-tax to be um, Roth 401ks. So almost mm, not a lot. I don't think we have much in anything. Everything's post-tax. Okay, so what's how much is in the Roth version? Somewhere between 40 to 60 between the two of us. We both have separate accounts, but I haven't looked at it since, you know, the slide. So somewhere between 40 and 60. Okay. That seems reasonable. And then how much is in the 529 plan? Uh, last time I looked, uh, 10,000, 11,000. And what about the savings? We have about, um, between the two of us, probably very close to about $50,000. And if I pay off the mortgage today, it'll be closer to about 45. Yeah. Well, let's not pay the mortgage off until we know what you're doing next. Exactly. Right. So let's think about this. All right. So you want to stay where you, in the town where you live right now. And what does that mean in terms of what you could afford? Like, again, I know the market's a little nuts. It's getting softer, so that's good. I'm talking to you on the morning that we uh, just got some new housing data out, and it does look like activity is slowing down, so maybe prices will slow down. But if you wanted to move into something that is, you know, more, not your dream home, but like reasonable that you say, okay, this is worth the move, how much would we have to pay for a new home? I'm thinking 500 
five we we did put an offer on at five fifty that would would have stretched us, which had us you know start really making graphs and everything. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that was stretching. But we but we're thinking we're probably going to have to reduce our retirement to make anything work for a three thousand dollar a month payment. Okay, so if you had a five hundred thousand dollar house and you put your one fifty down, let's say, right, and you have a three hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage. What kind of mortgage were you guys looking at? Um, we have a local credit union we would have gotten from. And what's the rate-ish right now? For I think he, my realtor said it would be 4.3. Is that be for a 15 or a 30? 30. And, and the payment on that was what for your three hundred for a $350,000 mortgage? They were saying it would be like $3,000 a month with the insurance and yep. the, the interest. And yeah, principal interest and taxes. Taxes, yeah. yeah. Taxes okay. are what kills us. So do, could you find a $500,000 house? Do you feel like there's some inventory out there for you guys or has it just been horrible? It's been horrible, to be honest. Oh, we, 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 we've been looking for the last like three years, three years, but we, we've been seriously in the market for the last one year. We've been to um, maybe a total of like maybe fifteen or twenty house, open houses. We've seen a realtor. We've, we've been on one house, and we've that would have stretched us. That would have stretched us. That was a five fifty. We kind of got cold feet after that, and we're just not seeing anything out there. There are a couple of ones that we frankly we couldn't look at. There's some we looked at and have at least one deal breaker. What's a reasonable percentage of our incomes we should pay for this thing? And we're looking at numbers that they, 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 the same realtor was quoting us, like housing prices, including utilities, upwards of $3,500 or $3,700 a month. After taxes, that's like 60% of our take-home pay. Yeah. I mean, usually we like to keep it under 30% of your gross, you know, like, and not even, don't look at the take home because you live in a high cost area. Okay. So if you could do 30%, I think the 3000 bucks a month, you can afford it. I really do. It's a question of whether you find a house there. I mean, look, what I would do is if you could do, if you can be in your home and you can find a $500,000 house and you can put your, you know, your one fifty down, then what you would pull back on would be the savings and the five twenty nine. Basically, you would pull both of those back and see how it goes. And you just keep putting money into the retirement accounts and then you kind of absorb your costs and then you can restart the 529 or the savings anytime you really can but we need that 1100 bucks just to see how things go plus if you have another kid it's going to be expensive you're not going to be able to save as much money i think you can afford a 500 you probably can afford a 550 even though you're freaking out about it like honestly it's it's not going to be as a big a deal are you guys in jobs where you would you have pensions by any chance i have a pension and I do contribute my pet to my pension um, the most that they allow me to. And is this a job you think you're going to stay in for a while? We have been, we're like the millennials that got screwed over by the 2008 financial crisis. So, well, I have no reason right now to think that my job is in danger. And neither does he. But there's no guarantee we're going to have the same job as in, say, two years. I got you. I got I mean, it. We've both been working at the same job, yeah. mine for six years and him for three, three years. years. But yeah. you're not sure. You're you're like playing. You want to be conservative. Yeah. If you want to be conservative and you feel like, and I know it's sort of a hot job market this second, but I think it's better to be conservative. So that if if I look at your costs, I think if you can get into something for three grand a month or thirty two hundred dollars a month or something like that, all in you're going to be fine. Okay. 
if you can't, then, you know, I think we have to make some different decisions. Okay. I mean, staying in the co-op with one kid is fine. I mean, if you had a second kid, it would, I mean, whatever, Mark and I are in New York city. So we tend to like know people who live in thousand square foot house apartments with two kids and they make it, they figure it out. It may be that you just have to do that for the time being. If you can't find a new home, I do think the housing market is going to breathe a little bit here. Activities down already. There's they're going there's going to be more inventory. How do you feel about like just pausing for the summer and not making yourselves crazy? That's actually kind of what we were thinking and trying to make this co-op a little bit more organized. We're going to know a lot more information in the next few months about the housing market. You've got to make a game plan that feels comfortable for you. So how about if in in all of this big picture. Yeah, we're going to move. We're going to have a house. You are going to have a house. I don't think there's any, unless you're like, you know, well, we're just going to keep this one kid. We're not going to, you're not, we're not renting with an option to buy another child. You have one kid and you can make your apartment, you know, their co-op beautiful and you love it and it's great. And you stay there and you're like, you know what? We love having all this cash flow. It's awesome. Or you say, if we keep this to three grand a month, or I mean, really, it's kind of like $3,300 a month all in. If you do that, you're going to be fine. You can continue to save money in your 401k. We wait, we just put a pause on the 529. Kids are only three years old, so that's good. And we put a pause on your savings. You have a beautiful um, uh, 50 grand in savings, which is fantastic. And let's just kind of see where the next few months leads us. We're just in this really weird point in the housing market that I do think you're going to have some a little bit more opportunity in the next say three, six months. Kids not in school yet. You don't have to worry about, you know, which is the elementary school. Like, are you, do you like the elementary school where the co-op is located? My place, my um, area does school choice. And um, if I get him in the school, I registered for him and I balloted it for him. If he gets in the school that I want, he'll probably go in September. If it's not, I got a couple of other rabbits up my sleeve, tricks up my sleeve of how to deal with that. Okay. Well, I mean, look, I think this is all it's all good. I'd like to give you some respite from some of this anxiety. So I like the idea of like, we spent, you can spend some of your savings to make the co-op a little bit. Like, as you said, let's, let's make it more efficient. If I don't know if that means, you know, let's spend 10 grand on getting built-ins in this place because it's better for storage and we'll just be more efficient with our space. Just make your life nicer because you're making good money. You're saving a ton of money. You've already saved a ton of money. You're in good shape. Just a couple of other quick questions for you. Do you guys have life insurance? Yes. What do you got? I have, we both have 300,000 on on each of us. You may want to up that to at least a half a million. You know, you can go to Policy Genius or go to Haven Life. Just get another two, unless you can buy it through work. If you can buy another $200,000 through work and it's cheaper then, no, they're all, it's a, it's a whole life policy. Oh, forget for, that. Okay. So yeah. then, so then what I would suggest is get another 200,000 each of just term life insurance, 15, 20 year, be done with that. Do you have wills? No, I knew that you were going to yell at us for that. It's been, our, it's been our to-do list for more than five years. Just keep putting it off. What is the, what is the thing that's holding you back? Do you the guys- guardianship. All right, you got some bust out siblings. You don't like your no, no, no. I have who I want. We want to have um, guardianship over our son. So, like, what's the problem? Why do we not have a lawyer? You must know a lawyer. No, I know a lawyer, and I also get that through work too. So, oh come on, just get this done. 
Come on. This is so this is so important. You live you live in the suburbs. If you drive on the Hutch, the Bronx River Parkway, or the Cross County, I beg you to please get this done. <laughs> I will. I will just moving it to the top of the list. I will call them after we're done with here. All right. I think you guys are going to be okay. Take a deep breath. Take a break from the looking. Just have a nice summer. Meanwhile, while you're not looking for apartments, you can, uh, for houses, you know what you can do? You can get your wills and your guardianship and your healthcare proxies done and you'll make Aunt Jill very happy. All right. Thank you, Aunt Jill. Very good. All right. If you like Lois and Clark have a question about housing, we'd love to help you out. Just go to JillOnMoney.com, click the contact us button. Let us know if you want to come on the air. Don't forget to sign up for the free weekly newsletter every single Friday. Mark does such a good job. It's right on our website. Ah, it's so good. Okay. Mark Talercio, the co-host and the executive producer of the program. And we are distributed by CBS. We drop our episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. We would ask if you wouldn't mind to please leave a rating or review on Apple. And don't forget to lift someone up today. Curiosity, compassion, community. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you on Thursday. If you like Money Watch, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most-watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.